We're going to be in John chapter 5 today. Before we get there, uh, I want to show you the last slide I showed you last week, uh, just to remind us of where we've been um, in this practicing resurrection series. Transformation, you can't manufacture it. It is the work of the Spirit of God. It comes to us as gift. We are invited to receive the gift and participate by turning toward God, contemplating God and discovering that which is deepest within us is of God. What does it look like for you to participate in that gift this week? So uh, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I just want to remind us of this invitation to participate in this ongoing work of God, what the Spirit of God is already doing within us, and that it is gift. And in our text this morning, uh, there is a a grace gift that happens uh, that I want to focus on for a moment. Zoya is going to read for us this morning. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is in Aramaic, is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five color covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, used to lay. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned what what he had been, that he had been in this condition for a, a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me get into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Okay. Uh, This pool stood for something in in ancient culture. Uh, It's been excavated. There's a bunch of uh, pagan symbology around it, and so it's believed that this was a pagan site, not a Jewish site. And so uh, the first thing I want to mention is Jesus does in a moment what the pool stood for but was unable to do. Jesus does in a moment for this man what the pool stood for but was unable to do. Uh, And this word Jesus uses, arise, in the Greek it means wake up or to arise, and in many cases it's used to rise from the dead. So Jesus is invoking resurrection language here. He's inviting this man to practice resurrection, to enter into a whole new way of life. I mean, imagine not being able to walk for 38 years, and this rabbi says, do you want to get well? Well, would you? Uh, it's such an interesting question. Jesus never asks this question of anyone else who, who's uh, sick that he heals. And he asks this question, do you want to get well? And uh, something to notice here, grace and healing come without even asking for it. This man doesn't come to Jesus and ask to be healed. Jesus comes to him and says, do you want to be well? And then heals it. He doesn't even wait for the, an- the answer, if you notice, The answer isn't yes. The man doesn't say, yes, I want to get well. He utters an excuse. Well, I can't get into the pool, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's an excuse, not a yes, I want to be well. And so Jesus just heals him. Jesus is like, I'm just going to push you into the deep end of the pool and have you experience something you haven't experienced for 38 
years, often in our lives, grace comes, healing comes, without even asking for it. That breath you just took, the fact you were able to walk in here, sheer grace, sheer gift, it comes to us because God is always present to us. Grace and healing come to us often without even asking for it. And so I want to return to this this question, do you want to get well? Because I find the the question so interesting because I, I would think, well, of course I want to get well. But here's a thought I have. And I could be wrong. I, I mean, uh, scholars are all over the map with this and what's going on in, in this text, but I, I think something that's going on here is this. He has become so used to life with this ailment for the past 38 years that he does not know if he wants to be healed or not. He likely feels a great deal of anxiety about being free from this ailment. He simply has grown used to it. It's become a part of him, and if he didn't have it anymore, he wouldn't know who he was without it. It has become a part of his identity. Uh, I wonder if this man is so comfortable with this ailment that it scares him to death what it could mean for him if his life were altered and completely changed. Which leads me to ask this question of us. Are there things in your life where if you didn't have them, you'd be afraid that you might not know how to function without them? Are there things in your life that if you did not have them, you might not know how to function without them? I I think we've all known people who have things in their life. We all have had things in our life, haven't we, if we're honest, that if we lost them, we wouldn't know exactly how to function. We've all known people who have so deeply found their identity in their work that when they lost their job, it ruined them because their identity was so deeply found in their work. Or, or, Or someone whose identity was so deeply found in a relationship that when that relationship ended, it felt like their life ended because they didn't know how to move forward without that Relationship. I, I wonder for us, if Jesus were to come to us in our ailments, in our addictions, and say to us, do you want to get well? What would the answer be? Uh, last, let's go to the last slide. Jesus comes to bring healing and a whole new creation. Jesus comes to show us how to be fully human. Will we say yes? Will we say yes? Uh, So this morning, as we partake of this good gift, the bread and the cup, and we remember Jesus' suffering and Jesus' death and Jesus' invitation for us to join in this universal pattern of dying and rising. When we come and dip the bread in the cup, I, I wonder if for us this morning, we could say yes to a little more healing, a little more life, a little more resurrection in our lives. What would it look like for us to come with our ailments, with our addictions, with our brokenness, and say yes to the Christ who offers more healing, more life, and more resurrection? Uh, This morning is a special morning. In it, some of you may have grown up in a tradition where 
First Communion is a really important uh, marker in your life. And uh, Jim Kelly, who is with us, uh, part of our community, uh, grew up in a tradition where this is a really important marker in his faith tradition. And uh, his children, Jimmy and Elizabeth, today is First Communion for them. Uh, And and they are going to partake for the first time of First Communion. So um, this is the way, uh, how I'd love to do this. Uh, Is it okay if your kids come up and we we pray for them and uh, they partake first if the band would come up um, and we are going to celebrate with them. God, thank you so much for Jimmy and Elizabeth, their lives, who they are, that they are your children. You deeply, deeply love them. And God, this morning we celebrate with them in this incredible, sacred moment of First Communion. This is the first, but it won't be the last. And we, we join them in their faith journey, recognizing their hearts are for you and that you are present within them. God, uh, may this just be a beautiful, sacred moment that we all celebrate together. In the name of Jesus, amen.